everybody. David opposing the Matrix here. How you doing? Woo! Trying to get on the air. I, uh, I was up real late last night trying to put things together for this uh, show. And um, I went to bed like 3.30 and uh, ended up waking up at 6.30. Uh, my wife's uh, spending a couple of nights with family uh, camping. And... Um, so anyway, the dogs woke me up, and uh, those darn dogs, they have to go outside all the time, I'm telling you. Well, I guess it's better than them going inside, huh? Anyway, it's uh, it's 3.03 p.m. Uh, currently, and uh, on the West Coast, the left coast, and it's on the 17th of uh, August, 2023. Welcome. <clears throat> man, oh man, what's going on around this world, huh, folks? Um, the... the what we're going to be talking about tonight, <laughs> duh, duh. What we're going to be talking about tonight is uh, the fires in Hawaii and elsewhere, uh, and what could be causing them. Okay, uh, all these big fires just aren't happening by accident, and uh, it's not thunderstorms per se. Um, but there are some theories as to what it could be, if if in doubt, if in fact it is something other than a natural cause or man-made. You know, like some idiot throwing a cigarette out a window or something, and those people ought to be locked up. The minute a cop sees that, lock them up. Um, and if you do that, folks, put it in the, the ashtrays there for a reason. Put it in there. And if you don't have an ashtray because you have a newer car, um, they're trying to get you to quit smoking. That's <laughs> what they're doing. Um, but uh, you can buy ashtrays all over the place. I saw them in a dollar store yesterday for a couple of bucks, and it was a really nice-looking ashtray, too. Um Anyway, uh, so let's let's proceed. Uh, before we get started on on the fires, uh, I don't know if you read Real Raw News, but there was a very, very, very interesting um, article today there. Uh, there was an interesting article yesterday that preceded it, and we'll talk about that. I want to read the second article, okay? Um, there's an entity in this country called FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Act, or agency um, the way they act is deplorable um, and um, according to what I've read okay um, they have a tendency that after a disaster they don't go there to help people for the most part they go there to uh, uh, steal and destroy uh, just like Satan does that's that's his uh, still steal kill and destroy is that, you know, what Yeshua called, talked about him. And, um, well, he talked about Satan, not FEMA. But, you know, down the road, I'm sure he envisioned a FEMA or knew about it. Um, but anyway, so, sorry, I've, I got to check these dogs out all the time because one of the one of these times, somebody's going to come home. I've already texted everybody telling them, I'm on the air. Don't do nothing when you come home. Be very quiet. Okay. Anyway, what I want to do is uh, look at this article. Now, if I can find it. Oh, boy. Okay, hold on a second. Okay. I got tons of uh, things open about ammonium nitrate. And if I have to, I can, I can get this article real quick because I know right where it is. Okay, no, there it is right there. Okay. Now... From what I've read, and I and I kind of tend to believe this, 
um, the um, the deep state uses FEMA in very nefarious ways. Um, in other words, uh, when an earthquake hit New uh, earthquake, when a tornado hit uh, New Orleans a few years ago, um, they were in there uh, robbing people, and uh, when when it hit Texas, they were they were there uh, supposedly um, killing people. But I don't know. You know, you got to take that stuff with a grain of salt. But um, but it, these days, I don't doubt this stuff anymore. You know, I really don't. It's it could be happening, and. Um, but uh, let me just check, make sure I got my levels going here. Okay, yeah, you guys can hear me. All right. Uh, by the way, the live chat is open. If you go to uh, Rumble and to our website there, uh, or our show site there, um, and click on the show that's up on the top, you can watch there, and you can also get on the live chat if that's your if that's your thing. Okay. Usually I put a greeting on there, but <laughs> I was a little late getting on this morning or this evening, whenever. Um, I'm still a little rum dummy because I, I'm still half asleep from sleeping, but um, I've accomplished uh, quite a bit uh, since that, since I woke up. So anyway, um, yeah, so they send, they send FEMA out to these different areas to, uh, to, in the guise of doing good, but they rob, steal, and destroy. Okay, rob, kill, and destroy. And... Uh, Anyway, uh, the White Hats, uh, I hate using that term, the good guys, let's use the, the good military, I like that. The good military is uh, a lot of times sent by General Smith uh, to these areas in anticipation that NEFEMA is going to do this stuff. And um, another thing that I've read is that General Smith uh, gave FEMA notice that if and when a disaster happens, they better mind their P's and Q's, you know, and not do the things that they usually do. And... Um, so, um, anyway, they didn't heed that advice. <laughs> and the woman that runs it, uh, man, she's a tyrannical-looking witch, I'm telling you. Um, but uh, if, if FEMA ever rolls into town, get your guns out, guys. <laughs> Have them locked and loaded, uh, because these guys do nothing but, uh, and women, I guess, do nothing but, uh, we'll, we'll steal from you, we'll kill you, and destroy you. Okay. All right, so anyway, um, the article yesterday said that the uh, FEMA, I mean, excuse me, the the, um, the good guy military had been sent to uh, Maui to keep um, FEMA in check, but I think they got there a little while after FEMA did, and I'm going to read, and you're going to read why that that's that was a, they should have went earlier. <laughs> okay, anyway, it says, you know, uh, it says uh, Maui Massacre, okay, go away. I got this piece of paper on the floor, and this dog wants this piece of paper. Uh, and if I let her have it, she's going to annihilate it and turn it into confetti out in the living room. So anyway, it says, United uh, States Marines in Maui have seen firsthand atrocities committed by the deep state, bloated, uh, bullet-riddled bodies floating face down in the crimson tide, uh, Hawaii National Guardsmen rummaging through the pockets of dead islanders and tourists, FEMA and the Red Cross forbidding citizens access to nearby water, food, and shelter. Um, on Front Street in Lahaina, a uniformed police officer shoots a pedestrian in the back for unknown reasons. The cop then spots a bystander filming the incident on a cell phone and shoots him too. 
A bullet strikes his cranium as he digs into the man's pocket and tries to yank a wedding ring off his lifeless, swollen fingers. Figure. Um, he uh, touches his hand to his forehead and glances as the bloodstained fingers at the bloodstained fingers in disbelief. He slumps over a pistol falling from his other hand. He was the fifth deep state cop Marines have killed since arriving on in Maui uh, late on Wednesday afternoon. As reported yesterday, General Eric M. Smith uh, at uh, Camp Pendleton ordered Marines to Maui to investigate claims that the highway, oh, highway Hawaiian um, National Guard and FEMA were terrorizing disaster victims. A source in the general's office told Real Raw News that Marines arrived at Maui at 4 p.m. and immediately witnessed and responded to unimaginable carnage. He called the death toll catastrophic. He would not quantify how many Marines went to Maui, but his gloomy tone suggested that deep state forces outnumbered White Hats significantly. Uh, backup, he said, was on the way. We really didn't expect law enforcement to fight alongside feds and the National Guard, he said. Uh, what Marines saw was nothing short of an engineered genocide. Near the Lahaina loading dock, Marines found a makeshift mass grave, 15 scorched corpses piled above, excuse me, piled atop one another in an industrial dumpster. The fire had not killed them, one source, our source said. Um, instead, someone had used a flamethrower to burn them, then deposited the corpses in the trash. We're certain of this because uh, they show... They were shot first, sorry. Uh, our source said, uh, no doubt the media will end up saying that fire killed them. They were indeed murdered. Uh, yes, children too. Um, there's no doubt, folks, when you... <laughs> flamethrower throws out naphtha, and naphtha has a very distinct smell to it. And the smell does not go away. And uh, if they were burnt with a flamethrower, it's, it's easy to tell. Okay. After dark, Marines happened upon a FEMA National Guard encampment where agents and guardsmen were divvying up ill-gotten loot, undoubtedly pilfered from the victims' bodies. The criminals sat in collapsible mesh chairs, uh, illuminated beneath, uh, beneath standing LED lamps, arguing over who would get the stolen items. The dispute ended abruptly as the Marines opened fire and killed the six deep state villains. General Smith's rules of engagement were free or excuse me, engagement, weapons free, our source said. Weapons free is a military jargon Marines uh, used uh, for hostile targets at will, killing them, that is, to engage them. Um, elsewhere, a Marine scout sniper uh, spotted, or excuse me, squad, <laughs> let me start over with this one. Elsewhere, a Marine scout sniper squad, try saying that one three times fast, saw cops and a guardsman hurling corpses scattered about the sidewalk into a garbage truck as if the dead were disposable trash. The Marines unleashed a hailstorm of automatic fire that quickly took down the targets, but not before a Maui police officer, his lucky shot, claimed the life of uh, a valiant Marine, val valiant Marine, excuse me. Um, the Marines, our source said, had 13 engagements Wednesday night, including running a running firefight against the heavily armed National Guard platoon. Uh, battle da damage assessments are still coming in, but this isn't ending anytime soon. The deep state is entrenched. We are, we're there for the long haul and we'll fight er 
until every last fed and corrupt cop is dealt with or driven off from Hawaii, our source said. So there you have it, folks. FEMA's been doing this a lot, and it's not a good thing. FEMA used to be a good thing, believe it or not. Um, back, uh, I can't even remember. I could, probably back in the 1990s when we had their, what, that big El Nino. Um, I knew a couple that lost their trailer. FEMA came in and uh, bought them a new trailer. <laughs> uh, I'm talking mobile home. And uh, it was really nice, too. But uh, anyway, they went from that to this murdering bunch of thieves and upstarts. And, um, yeah, and <laughs> as they're dispatched, uh, I'm sure they're taking the down elevator. Okay. So... Before we start with uh, with this talk here, I want to establish a couple. Of things. We're going to watch a video where the guy is very intense and, and likes to and likes to say, and rightfully so, that uh, this was not an accidental fire; that it was caused by uh, direct energy weapons. Okay. Uh, the one mistake that he made. Okay, the one mistake that I found. And, you know, I do this on both sides, folks. I look for mistakes on both sides. And, and every once in a while, I'll find them. Um, uh, the good guys, uh, the authors, people like me and you, uh, make um, make these claims, and and they're, they're not substantiated, okay? He uh, he says in one of the, in the video that you're going to see that uh, the, the winds were coming from out in the ocean. Um, in other words, they were going from southwest to northeast. Now, he doesn't say that, but that's what he's suggesting. They're coming off the water and blowing onto land. Okay, so I remembered, and, and, and surprisingly so, um, from our, our lessons in school, and I, I don't know if it was in high school or if it was in, like, intermediate, uh, what do they call that now? Um, like, mid-school, mid you know, seventh and eighth grade. Um we were taught about the winds. Uh, we were taught about the winds in the Atlantic and and the Sargasso Sea in that area and how, you know, it, the winds are non-existent there. And then sometimes if ships entered that, the ship would just flounder and everybody would die because they couldn't get out of that and back into the trade winds. Well, there's trade winds in the Pacific, too. Okay. And the trade winds in the Pacific, which are, are farther south, you know, and down closer to the equator, um as is the case of Hawaii, although it's not too far down south. But anyway, it's it's closer to the, to, uh, the equator than, uh, say, uh, Arizona or especially Oregon, which is, we're having a lot of fires here, too. But um, anyway, um, yeah, he was saying that the, 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 they were blowing in from the water, trying to make a point that... Um, this is how the uh, the fires were started. It was it was uh, brought in from, you know, offshore onto onshore. Well, I like I said, I remember this the, our teaching about the um, the trade winds and the trade winds in Hawaii always blow from the northeast. Okay, and I found a little thing here that talks about this. Uh, and let's see, <laughs> yeah. Okay, and this is from uh, a website called uh, lovebigisland.com, okay? And it's all about the Big Island of Hawaii, but um, it talks about the trade winds. <clears throat> it says, the trade winds over the Hawaiian Islands blow from an east and northeast between 
250 and 300 days every year. That only leaves 65 days, folks, if it did it for 300 days a year. Um, 65 days where it doesn't. Maybe there's no wind or, you know, there's something out at sea that's causing problems. And um, he was talking about the hurricane, too, and how that there was a hurricane, I think it was south of the island, and uh, he was uh, kind of dubious about the, because the, <laughs> one of the articles said that the waves, uh, excuse me, that the wind from the hurricane was uh, fanning. And it's quite possible that it was, but it was fanning the fire from the northeast. So it was coming from the northeast, like from the states, almost, or, or that area, and blowing and, and coming into the Hawaiian Islands, going over Maui, okay, and then, uh, and then exiting Maui, uh, still going to the southeast. Now, there's a little gulf that's in between Maui, and there's a small island out there, too. And then another island, I think, I think it's um, Oahu. And uh, the wind sometimes gets trapped and it, it circles around a little bit. But I, I called up the, um, I got the wind maps from, uh, and I wish I could show them to you. Uh, but I haven't figured out that technology yet. Um, the wind maps uh, from NOAA, NOAA. What is that? A National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. Yeah. And it showed the winds coming on those days from the northeast and blowing to the southwest. Sorry, but that's what they were doing. And I'm not one of those people that thinks that uh, whoever is, is doing this conspiracy to start these fires um, got to know and said, I want you to change your maps. Okay. <laughs> Especially when lovebigisland.com uh, says that these winds blow from that direction 250 to 300 days every year so anyway in an editorial fashion i'm saying that the guy was wrong when he said that okay um and you could look it up yourself if you want um i was looking i, I think i found the website that i was looking at where that that is concerned and of course i can't find it Okay, let's see. Not there. Oh, there it is. It's, uh, huh. okay, you ready for this? I'm going to spell it, okay? P is in Paul, A is in Apple, C is in Kathy, I is in Indian, O is in Ocean, O is in Ocean, S is in Sam, dot Hawaii, dot edu, forward slash weather forward slash model dash wind dash Hawaii okay and you can dial it in for any day you want I don't know how far back it goes but it went back to you know uh, earlier this this month and you can actually see it's got arrows uh, that show you the um, the wind pattern all over the, over all the islands too okay so um, and there's no mistake in that they, they did not come from the southeast uh, and blow on shore. Okay, they blew on shore from the northeast, not the southwest. Okay, all right, that haven't been established. I wanted to make sure that got that out. Um, we're going to talk today about, um, or you're going to hear about, I should say, something called ammonium nitrate. You might have heard about ammonium nitrate, um, like 60,000 pounds or uh, 30,000 tons of. Uh, 
ammonium nitrate that disappeared from a train from train cars that were carrying it from one place to another. When it got there, the car was empty. <laughs> um, and their thing is, oh yeah, it probably had a leak. Okay, that's nice. But um, I think that it would probably have told somehow. Okay, and here's oh I don't want to get into that. Okay, yet. Um, now I found a website. Oh, and I can't find it. And I that's why I was up till three thirty this morning looking for this stupid website I found, and I didn't find it. Okay, but there was a and actually a video I watched. They were interviewing somebody. Uh, it was the day before the fires. And they're interviewing, you know, oh, how do you like it here? Oh, it's really nice. You know, I'm a native. I live here, have for so many years, you know. Well, what do you like about Maui and uh, whatever that name of that city is? Uh, Leniahu, I think, or something like that. Um, and uh, he said, uh, oh, it's beautiful here, you know. He says, but today's kind of weird, he says. There's like a haze hanging around the sky. He says, and there's white stuff that's falling onto uh, onto the cars and stuff like that hold on folks no okay hopefully that that'll work anyway so I'm like white stuff falling on the cars and he's acting like this never happens okay so I'm like okay I gotta look into that so um I remember the train, the ammonium nitrate being taken or stolen. Um, and then I'm thinking, well, what color is ammonium nitrate? Hey, it's white. Um, and uh, <clears throat> what is it, exactly does ammonium nitrate do? Okay, so I found this on... Um, and please just give me, uh, give me a chance. i got to find this again. All right, this is um, on google.com Google search, okay? It says ammonium nitrate rating is non-flammable. And you're going, oh, I did that too. Oh, it's like, oh, well, there goes that. But I kept reading. A fire from, from ammonium nitrate is very unlikely, but it is a strong oxidizing agent that can cause combustible materials such as wood, paper, and oil to ignite only under extreme conditions of heat and pressure in a confined space will ammonium nitrate explode. You're going to see an explosion that's out of this world uh, and just coming in a little while, okay? Um, so, let's see. Now, I was talking to Brian the other day, and he's the one that, you know, Brian is so in the know about things. It's weird. He calls me up. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. And he, he lays it all out. So anyway, I should give him partial credit for this show tonight because he's the one that got me interested in it and it sparked me to start investigating into it. Okay. Um, Brian said that there was an interview that he saw and there was, um, I can't remember it totally. There was either, There was a guy and a woman, I know that, and their house was in the path of the fire. And the woman was, um, or the guy who was around the yard, was yelling out, the fire is coming up from the ground. The fire is coming up from the ground. And I thought, wow, that's weird. That is really weird. That's something you, you know, how do you, how do you corrupt that? Or how is that a corruption of something else, you know? Um, 
so anyway, I, I tried to find that and I couldn't find it. This this stuff has been really sh shady. Um, and then I'm gonna talk right now and present this stuff before we watch the other stuff. Um, a lot of people don't know that you know if you're a fisherman. I, I used to be a really avid fisherman, and um, when we would go fishing, especially in uh, the rivers of California. Uh, down in, down in the Delta and stuff, you fished according to the tides. So you got a tide map from the local fishing store when you were going fishing to find out when high tide and when low tide was. Um, you generally didn't fish during, um, what is it, during low tide or when, when the tide was going out because the tide was carrying a whole bunch of food out with it and the fish were following it. However, when the tide came back in, it was coming in more, or cleaner, I should say. And um, because it was coming in cleaner, the fish were coming up with it. Then you cast your, your line in there, and uh, as the fish came along, they saw the bait, and they took it, okay? Um, you could fish those other times uh, during high tide or, or whatever, and um, but it wasn't a good thing. So anyway, um, you know, you had your tide tables, and um, let's see, okay. And I told you about the water because uh, the moon and the sun both affect the tides. You have two high tides a day and two low tides a day, okay? And um, depending on where the moon is and if the sun is behind the moon, or excuse me, in front of the moon when, uh, when the tide is coming, all determine how high the tide's gonna be. All right, so what a lot of people don't realize is that the tide affects the land too, okay? Um, and I, I looked it up and I found this in several different places, okay? It says the moon tides on land are about 22 inches or 55 centimeters every time that there's a tide. That's an average, okay? So the ground actually raises 22 inches. I don't have a tape measure with me, but maybe that high. So theoretically, um, when the moon is passing at a certain point, um, you're 22 inches closer to the moon. I know that's insignificant, but it's just something to look at. Now, I don't know about you folks, but I'm a little, I'm a no, I'm fairly overweight, and um, I always envisioned living on the moon because if I lived on the moon, I'd only be one sixth of my weight. Uh, which would be really nice and you know, I wouldn't have to worry about the doctor telling me every time I went, went in I need to lose weight and I do and I'm working on that. Okay So that being the case now picture Picture all these fires going on I'm talking about Canada uh, Where else Portugal Greece um, ah, I thought I made a I thought I wrote that down anyway uh, especially Portugal and Greece, I know that. Uh, I think there's some fires in in, uh, in Russia. But anyway, why are all these fires happening? Well, picture this. Okay, you got you got a crust that raises 22 inches, right? Now, is there something? <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Is there something in outer space? that is accentuating the tides or making them the worse or whatever. And Brian bought, brought this up too. Brian's really into Planet X or Nibiru and he uh, 
he studies it a lot and I really appreciate him giving me this information so thank you Brian um, so if it normally raises 22 inches and you got this big cosmic body out there um, and it's a and it's affecting what is it maybe five times the size of the earth although it's very um, what am I trying to say very um, you know it's dark you can't really see it that well and um, but it's there and so it's it happens to be in space at a certain time when the moon is passing over Maui <clears throat> um, or the Earth is turning and the moon is over our Maui. I want to get that straight because everybody think I was the flat age freak and I'm not a flat age, flat Earth freak. Um, but this thing's out there. It's you know it's way behind the moon, yeah, relatively speaking, and um, and it adds to the tide that the moon is exerting on the Earth or, or the sun. You, you look at it either way, except I think it would block out the sun. And causes an eclipse, and everybody would say, "What's that?" And everybody would realize the planet X out there. But anyway, um, now picture instead of 22 inches, picture the ground uh, being raised uh, 10 feet. Okay, and picture also. I use that word except for, instead of imagine because that stupid song John Lennon wrote. A um, uh, picture. That being raised up that high in Hawaii, it's it's opening up fissures that maybe were there to begin with and had closed up, or there it's opening them up again, and that there's magma underneath the earth there, and that the magma is coming up and it's starting fires. It's a very simple thing to 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 vision or to think about and come to that conclusion, okay. And you're like, well, you know, but the, the volcanoes in Maui are extinct. No, they're not. They're dormant. Which means there's magma down there. Where it is, I have no idea, but it could be where the fire started. And there's two volcanoes there. Aye, aye, aye. Okay. All right, that's off. Sorry, folks. I did forget to turn one thing off. Um, there are some people that call you at the most inconvenient times. And <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, I, I lost my track here. So anyway, the, the earth raises up maybe four feet, maybe 20 feet, you know, higher than normal. You don't notice it because it's gradually happening. And what are you going to measure it against? You know, it's not like you could touch something up there and, and say, oh, no, I can touch it now. I never was able to touch it before. No, you can't. Um, if you had some sophisticated equipment, you could bounce a laser beam off the moon and see how long it takes for the light to get back, and you could do all the, the calculations and things like that, but uh, no. <laughs> There's no way to judge it, so you never know what's happening, but when it happens, it opens things up. And I just thought about it. It's kind of interesting, and maybe the portal uh, through the abyss or the door of the abyss will be open because of this, but that's another show for another day. But... Um, Anyway, so is the fire where the fire started by uh, Nibiru causing uh, the earth to swell and, and fissures to open up? Maybe. Um, but it makes you wonder, okay, so that's a volcanic area in, uh, I'm sorry, I got bad posture. That's a volcanic area in, um, in Hawaii. But what about Canada? <clears throat> well, maybe it is in Canada too. Um, I know the Cascade Range here. 
Um, it doesn't quite stretch up that way, but um, who knows? Um, nobody knows, really. Um, I, I would think that it would be more calculable in, um, in Canada. In other words, if it was there, you'd be able to find it if there was volcanic activity, but maybe there is. Again, maybe there isn't. So maybe that's just a natural fire. What about Portugal? Well, all of Europe is basically, uh, there's volcanoes all over the place in Europe. Um, off the Greek coast, was Santorini uh, erupted many eons ago. Um, you have Vesuvius in Italy. You have um, Etna in Sicily. So that whole area in that, in that part of the world is seismic. And it's also volcanic. So that, that could account for um, Greece. It could account for Portugal. Um, so anyway, it's just something to keep in the back of your head. Because nobody has explained how the fire started in Canada. Nobody. And there's been a bunch of them. My goodness, if you lived on the East Coast, you know. I've seen the pictures. They're kind of reminiscent of when we had our fires a couple of years ago. I had a bug out um, in... Um, in, uh, here in Oregon, up in Crawfordsville. So, um, let's see. I think that takes care of my notes. Okay, let's get on to um, the uh, the other conspiracy. You know, I like that word anymore because a lot of conspiracies come in, turning out to be fact. So, um, conspiracy is almost like a, a step towards fact anymore. Um, and I mean a, a rapid step towards fact. So, okay, we're going to watch some videos, okay, and then we'll talk about stuff afterwards. But um, the first guy I told you about, he's the reason why I told you about um, the uh, the winds in Maui, okay. So watch him, and then we're going to watch um, a gal talk about uh, direct energy weapons. I know, I'm getting on that direct energy weapon kick again, but hey, if they're there and they're causing problems, i got to talk about it. Um, and then there are other things. There are things that explain about ammonium nitrate. You're going to see that big, gigantic explosion in um, in Lebanon, uh, which was... <laughs> I still watch it every once in a while. It's just a fantastic explosion. So anyway, let's start with this guy, and he's going to talk about do weapons, okay? And how some of the things in, in Maui just don't add up, and they really match uh, the things that happened in Paradise and uh, California and uh, Santa Rosa, California when we saw that green laser beam coming down. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is going to be some of a video put out today by a Plain Truth 15 who extensively covered the Paradise fires. I think he did a hundred video long series so as we go through this, watch for the melted rims, melted glass, missing door handles, melted engine blocks, and notice that there is no foliage around these cars to burn. The heat did not get to the cars through the burning bushes next to them because there were none. The only other thing that Normie would say is that it was the embers that blew in the wind. I'm not going to try and explain plasma fire to a newcomer. There will be a series of videos linked in the description for those who do not understand plasma fire when I use the word. Let's check this out.
Missing door handles right there. Missing gas cap cover. Melted rims. Melted engine blocks. Missing glass. Not a single piece of glass in any of the cars. All of them burnt equally. There are none that are half burned or a quarter burned or three quarter burned. They're all burnt 100%. They all look identical. They have the rust color. Paint burned all the way off each and every one of them. But there's no trees or bushes around any of them to cause them to catch fire. Each one of these, according to the normie, caught fire because the embers that were blowing in the wind. So we're pretty late in the game for people to catch up if they don't have some sort of understanding. The tree burning on the inside from yesterday's video was all you need to see to know. Look at all the missing door handles. Not a single one still has door handles. Now we'll look at some burned boats a bit closer, but notice which direction the smoke is blowing here. Inland, toward the shore. You can see that by the pillar of smoke that's coming off of the burning boats. One here, and this might be attached to the land, that's like a dock. But the one over here is on burning on fire in the water, and the embers are blowing that direction. The smoke is blowing that direction. So the fire would have had to come from over here in the water. So that tells you the embers blowing in the wind couldn't have caught that boat on fire because the wind is blowing the opposite direction and there was no fire upwind from that boat. There's some more burning boats on the water, though the picture's not too clear, so can't really make it out too much. Here we have more burning boats, but those were from the car fire in 2019, Lake Shasta. And notice the docks next to the boats are not burned. Neither is the, the shack over and to the left of the boats. We have the same thing happening in Hawaii right now. Boats that are on the water, being burned, even though they're upwind from the fire, so embers blowing in the wind could not have caused it. Here we'll just go over some of the uh, repetitive images that we've seen for the last five years as I've been covering this subject. Melted engine block, glass is missing. Door, the entire door on this is missing. We've seen that before, that's not the first time. Fire doesn't burn a whole door and then leave the rest of the car. Electricity-based plasma fire does that. The melted rims. Rims are gone, glass is gone. Door handles gone, engine block melted. Door handles on all of them, missing. The identical repetitive burn pattern on all of them, like I said, none of them are burned halfway or a quarter way or three quarter way. They're all burned completely 
left with that white ash color. None of them have any black charcoal on them, and they all have their door handles missing. Fire does not burn that consistently. Fire burns one car, and then... Anyway, I'm not going to explain how this is in regular fire. If, you, if you're not aware, if you're not up to speed, I'll leave an extensive list of links in the description for you to educate yourself on what plasma fire is. There's a before and after of uh, Lahaina. And people that are saying it looks like a war zone, like a bomb hit. Well, that's what I noticed, too, at the fire in Spanish Fort Canyon in 2018. That it looked more like a bomb exploded rather than a fire. But the fact that they're all identically burn pattern, the missing glass, missing door handles, melted rims, rust color, 100% burned on all of them. None of them are partially burned. The repetitive pattern. Is just one of many patterns that proves to me this is plasma fire. The door cover where the gas cap is, is another thing that disappears along with the door handles. Oops. Here, you see that all the houses are burned to the ground and the trees in between are still standing. And the houses, just like the cars, are burned identically, 100% to a white powder ash. None of them have black charcoal, half-burned furniture, or a half-burned house, or a quarter-burned, or three-quarter-burned. They're all 100%, and they look identical to the one on either side of them. Fire doesn't burn that consistently. and leave the trees in between the houses standing. There's another Lucky Larry Silverstein house right there. Just as we saw in other videos, in other plasma fires, where some houses seem to be protected. And there will be a video in the description that shows the close-up from the car that took this video and drove by the deceased, just like you saw a dog laying on the ground a minute ago with its paws up in the air. That's a human. And I don't want to show you, and it's not because, oh, your sensitivities, and I don't want to... No, it's because there is a, a blackout on the media. There is still zero cell phone videos on YouTube of the fire in Maui. Only authoritative sources and accredited uh, news outlets have posted videos on YouTube from the fires in Maui. Private citizens are being banned and it's because they'll say it's too graphic of material or whatever. So because there is that policy in place right now, I don't want to play the video, but linked in the description will be the original video where they drive right by her and turn the camera as they drive by her to show it very clearly. And that begs the question, how did the dog end up deceased? How did she end up deceased? There's at least 36 other people that are part of the uh, death toll. Some people are saying up to 100 or more. Maybe there was a lot of heart attacks. 
might be a side note, but the percentage of people in Hawaii that took the magic potion is much higher than any other state in the United States. Because Hawaii was very strict about their mandates, and everyone there who lived that lifestyle wasn't willing to forfeit their lifestyle. I'm just going to go take it, roll up my sleeve, and get on with living my life. I would say 95% of the people there took it. Might be why there's increased heart attacks. Could have to do with the electromagnetic frequencies of these fires, or just the fear that was induced. Either way, a lot of those casualties may be heart attacks. And they are not showing the up-close detailed images. For example, this video, Hawaii Official, you can see on the thumbnail image they have those same cars, but you play the video, and nowhere in that video do they show you these cars. So they are obscuring the details of what's happening here, only showing uh, panned out images from far away of smoke clouds, where you get a vague notion and an idea of what happened, but you don't get to see the details up close, lest people freak out and the herd stampede. So I understand why they're not engaging in full and open disclosure with the public. The public doesn't want to know where they already would. The fact that they don't want to know shows they're in deep denial. Allow them to stay that way. That's the best policy. I fully understand why they're engaged in that. This is the only video. It, anyway, there was very few. I think this might be the only one of the mainstream news outlets that are actually showing images like this. But look at these burning boats that we're about to see. Notice the one up close. The ones in the back, you can't tell, but those are all burning boats. This one is worth watching, and they do show images that are different than the last video we saw. The last video we saw was a guy riding a bike. You could tell by how the camera was moving down the road that the guy running the camera was riding a bicycle. Here, they're walking, so it's a, probably a different street and different cars, but they look exactly the same. And also, listen to how they tell you that all of a sudden, the fire was there and the 80-mile-an-hour winds showed up at the same time. They're associating that with a hurricane that is 875 miles away. Mr. MB3 did a video last night, and he went on Google Earth and put the line up there between Lahaina and the eye of the hurricane, and it was 875 miles. This wind picked up right as the fires came, and then I'm sure it's died back down. If these were associated with that hurricane, they would have already been blowing the wind for the last few days, and they would keep blowing for the next few days. This is downtown Front Street. It's hard to even put into words. Heartbreaking images coming from Maui's Lahaina. It's like a war zone. Everybody we know lost their homes. Every apartment. We don't know life. anyone yet who kept their homes. James and Tennille Brueggemann sent us this video they showing the damage in Lahaina, burned out cars, just left in the street. If these cars are probably trying to get out of town, that's my guess. They did not make it. Exactly like a war zone. People, dead people in the streets, dead animals in the streets, 
cars, cars abandoned, everything burnt. Looks like it got bombed. It really does. You actually saw bodies in the street. Yes. Oh my God. But one person who did make it out is. Well, lost, um, their, their homes, uh, hotel workers. So many in this area still in a bit of shock over the extent of the damage. We had no warning. There was barely even an announcement. And the next thing we know, the winds are gusting up to 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, and there's fires popping everywhere. We had no warning. There was barely even an announcement. And then the next thing we know, the winds are gusting up to 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, and there's fires popping everywhere. No warning. There was barely even an announcement. And then the next thing we know, the winds are gusting up to 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, and there's fires popping everywhere. Still in a bit of shock over the extent of the damage. We had no warning. There was barely even an announcement and then the next thing we know the winds are gusting up to 60 70 80 miles an hour and there's fires popping everywhere now i often say that the word plasma fire does not define whether or not it's directed and intentional or naturally occurring process like geomagnetic induction it's just the energy but so in 95, 99% of my videos, it's just random trees and fence posts and shrubs out in the middle of nowhere. So it doesn't make sense to call it a directed energy attack. That's why I say 99% of what we're seeing is part of a natural phenomenon. The fluctuation in the magnetic field creates a surge of ground current. Maybe they were just test firing all those times in those 99% of the videos. This does seem to be an incident where it is highly likely that it was intentional. So, this guy says something that sparks my inner conspiracy theorist. He says most people don't know the fire started the night before, or at least a few hours earlier, so it diverted the resources elsewhere. You know, like in the old movies where there's only a few cops in the town and they want to do a bank robbery, so they commit uh, some other kind of crime as a decoy and a diversion to draw the police away from the bank that they're about to rob. with uh what time did it start sweeping through would tourists have been there enjoying their night out as well as the locals a lot of people don't realize the fire actually started the day before so when it sparked up again there was minimal resources there because they were dealing with major fires on other parts of the island it started later in the evening uh right around i believe 5 uh 4 30 five and when uh the evening time finally came and sunset was at seven the smoke was so acrid and dark you couldn't really see the sun set at all and in other reporting this was on maui that's not the big island and in a few of the reports i've heard from the official sources that there were also brush fires on the big island And everything that I've covered in this video is really not necessary to be able to identify this as a plasma fire.
normies, when there's a tree burning on the inside like this, will say, well, lightning does that. That's what makes a tree burn on the inside is lightning. So the fire, the wildfire burned all the other trees, but this one lit up like lightning by lightning. Guaranteed there's many other trees around there that are hollow on the inside where they burned just like this one. And it is lightning, underground lightning. Linked in the description will be many plasma fire videos for people that aren't familiar with the subject, along with the video by Jamie Lee of A Plain Truth, A Plain Truth 15, that he made, and he's uh, well-versed. However, he calls everything directed energy weapons, and I think there's a lot of geomagnetic induction going on here. That's part of a natural cycle that is not directed just because 99% of my hundreds of videos are just bushes and fence posts and trees where there is no apparent target to be attacked. But I do believe it's very apparent. You need look no further than the five secret service vehicles of Joe Biden that all got hit at the Hertz rental car company hours after he returned them to know that this same type of energy is directable. In 99% of my videos, it doesn't appear to be directed at anything in particular, but in some instances, and this appears to be one, it is directed. The five secret service vehicles of Joe Biden, there is no doubt, there is no argument to be made to say that that was not directed and intentional. All five of the rental vehicles that he rented lit up, melting the engine block and only the engine block. It didn't burn the rest of the car, just the engine block. All five of his rental vehicles, he didn't rent 15 and five of the 15 lit up. He rented five and all five burned. And no other cars on the Hertz rental car lot burned. Only the five that the Secret Service rented and returned hours earlier. Therefore, there is no possibility that that was not directed and intentional. That one stands out amongst all others as proof that this type of energy can be directed. That video will also be linked in the description for those that aren't familiar with it already. Here's another example of doors being burned off of a vehicle, though this was not part of the Secret Service rental five vehicles. This is included in the same video that happened at a Coke plant. My point is, this type of energy is directable. This is the Boston 10 News. Car fire at Nantucket Airport was in vehicles rented by the Secret Service. You can see the video for further details. So this specific fire should put to rest anyone that says directed energy is a conspiracy theory. And people who think 
places like Paradise, California, or Maui have been attacked by such energy are just loons. This specific fire puts that argument to bed. There is no case to be made that this was not directed. It was only reported on for one day, and there was no follow-up coverage. They buried it. So, once you know with 100% certainty that this type of energy can be directed, which we now know from those five Secret Service vehicles, it does call into question any and all other fires that bear a similar resemblance, which all of those cars do bear the resemblance and show the burn patterns of this energy that I call plasma fire, which is the Earth's electrical grid. There is a magnetic field around the Earth, and wherever there's any electrical field, there's always a magnetic field. And wherever there's a magnetic field, there's also an electrical energy offset by 90 degrees and proportionate to the magnetic or electrical field that it accompanies. <clears throat> this energy, when it's directed, is drawn right from the Earth's magnetic field. Also, <clears throat> excuse me. I believe due to the weakening magnetic field, the magnetic field fluctuates and creates surges of ground current that are not intentional and directed. It is the same energy. In some cases, it can be harnessed and directed and weaponized. In 99% of my videos, it does not appear to be directed at anything and just springing up wherever it happens to spring up. And that's why I say, when I use this term I made up called plasma fire, it is not differentiating or defining whether or not that plasma fire was directed or something that was non-directed and unintentional. Either way, the energy reveals itself in the burn patterns that it leaves behind in exactly the same way, whether or not they're intentional. The five Secret Service vehicles, that was intentional. But it shows you the burn patterns, and then when you see them elsewhere, you know it is capable of being directed and weaponized. Folks, it's almost the end of that video. It's probably about 30 seconds left. But, um, man, that guy's passionate, isn't he? I wish uh, some believers in Yeshua were that passionate about their faith. My goodness. I hope I am. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, passionate or militant. A few notes here. Uh, it said embers from land could... Oh, I, I wrote, embers from land could cause fire... If the boats had a, uh, Amer a Lewis, me, American um, uh, ammonium nitrate on them, like we heard about the day before, that stuff was that was uh, coating everything. Well, I heard about it. You didn't. Um, the people laying dead in the street. I don't see that they were burned. They're just laying there. Uh, when I was a, a pipe fitter years ago, and I used to work in a lot of refineries. We were told that if you smelled rotten eggs, that you better get out of there. Okay. Um, and a lot of times they would have an alarm that went off if somebody, yeah, it was called hydrogen sulfide, H2S. And if that stuff got you, they say the first, if you smelled the first breath, the second breath you were unconscious, the third breath you were dead. Okay. That's how serious it is. Okay. Now, when... Uh, Ammonium nitrate burns, it puts out a very toxic and poisonous smoke. 
So if it was aluminum nitrate that, oh, excuse me, ammonium nitrate that was on these, uh, uh, the houses, the street, the, everything else, um, then it is quite possible that it's the, uh, the toxic smoke that got these people and not necessarily the fire. Um, it should be interesting to see the outcome of that. I don't think we'll ever know. We'll never find out because they'll never tell us the truth. Um, and I thought about the heart attacks. It's very, very interesting, um, it, it, you know, um, proposal that he put forth. Yes, Hawaii is a very, very, very liberal state. If, if Biden told them all to jump into the ocean and drown, they'd do it. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Um, I, I would say probably 99.9% uh, liberal. And they, I'll bet you they did all get their shots. And I bet you they got their boosters, too. So it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the deaths were heart attacks. Okay, what, what brings on heart attacks a lot of times? Stress. That vein is clogged. Yes, it is. But when you're under stress... You, your heart starts beating faster, the blood starts pumping faster, and when it can't get through that narrow vein, it causes pain, and if that vein becomes blocked because uh, while you're stressed out, all of a sudden uh, another emboli broke off somewhere else and then clogged that one artery, man, you, you have a heart attack, and you're going to have heart damage, too. Uh, dead, dead heart tissue, actually. Um, so anyway, yeah, he brought up a lot of interesting points. Um, again, I don't agree with him with the wind coming off the water, um, but that's basically it. Um, everything else, I thought he was pretty spot on. Um, plasma fire, I'm going to have to look into that more, a little more, but um, I, I do know that it was probably brought on by, um, if not volcanic, or maybe it was volcanic and um and to do weapons. But I think the ammonium nitrate uh, fits in. I think at, no matter what it was, it was there. And it was a setup to make everything many, many more times flammable than it would have been had not been there. So next we're going to look at a um, uh, lady from, C no, CNN, from Fox News, it looks like. And this lady is all excited about do weapons, <laughs> direct energy weapons. Um, excited that we have them. But uh, like any uh, newscaster, um, I don't think they think ahead. They think of right now. They don't think that, hey, those do weapons, if, right, if the wrong people are in office, can be used against you. Okay. And uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's uh, just go and see what this gal has to say. But look at her enthusiasm and her joy that America has this and stuff. It's like, Wow. You know, it's like, I'm happy we have some of the weapons we do, but, you know, this this was uh, a lot of excitement here. Hold on, here she goes. Lasers sound like the stuff of science fiction, right? Sound completely unbelievable. How could our military possibly be using those in future warfare? Guess what? We've just had a recent breakthrough, more great test results that are making lasers a reality. 
So it's called Athena. Lockheed Martin makes it, and they've been doing a lot of the pioneering in this laser field. Now, what's really exciting about it is that it's so hard to harness that much power and make it compact enough that it's actually going to make practical sense downrange. And they've proven that they can do that. Uh, recently, uh, they tested it against five moving drones, so realistic drones that they might go up against with, uh, you know, enemy forces might send against us, for example, uh, or terrorists might send against us. Uh, and it successfully shot down all five of the drones. This is huge news because it means that in a realistic practical setting it's looking very promising so it could be ready to field quite soon. So when you see the movies or you look at comic books or television shows when you see laser weapons they tend to be a color right red or green or something like that. Uh, real lasers one of the key advantages that they provide is that they are invisible you actually can't see them you just see this damage suddenly starting to blow something up. Uh, so if we take a look now at what the Athena did to a truck so we're looking at a truck engine and the Athena within seconds was able to beam right in there, heat the whole thing up, and burn through the engine of this vehicle. So if you can imagine if you were in that vehicle, all of a sudden, this hole would start appearing in your engine, and the whole thing would just disappear. That's what these lasers do. Now, there's some other key advantages that we should mention. Let me give you three of them. One, unlimited ammo. As long as we have power, we have an unlimited magazine. And downrange, of course, having unlimited ammo can be a huge advantage. Second, it's silent. You don't give the enemy any advance warning that it's coming. And then the third one I wanted to touch on is that it travels at the speed of light. So not only are we delivering powerful, decisive effects, lethality, we're also doing it so rapidly they don't know what hit them. So if you could circle back to that example of being in the car again, that would happen so instantaneously within seconds, you truly would have no idea what was happening. It would just suddenly start disintegrating, right? So what can we use these against? So we talked about the vehicle a bit. We talked about how Athena has just proven itself against drones. But in the real world application, our forces could use it against the drones. We could use it against aircraft. Uh, we could use it against vehicles on the ground, like we mentioned. Uh, we could also use it against fast attack boats. And in fact, Athena's sibling, Adam, a couple years ago, proved that it could eliminate these fast attack boats. So if you imagine boats start trying to swarm one of our ships, not a problem for this laser burns right through the hull. As you can see right there, it's burning right through the hull. I'm incredibly excited about this news, this great news about the successful testing of Athena, because it means that we'll be putting these powerful weapons soon. We could put them in the hands of our warfighters and give them even more powerful weaponry uh, to keep themselves safe and also to deliver the effects that we need. They can be used, laser weapons can be used offensively and of course defensively too to help protect our homeland. Think of our airports that might be under threat uh, from enemy drones. They could be used to protect our, we could use them statically and used to protect our airports. They could be used to protect our power grid, our, our nuclear plants. So there's lots of different exciting applications for this technology. There's no longer science fiction, but science fact. Think about it. It can be used to eliminate problem people like Christians and Jews who don't cooperate. Man. I did a little uh, scouting while the video was playing because she was saying uh, it was a do, a direct energy weapon. Then she said laser. Okay, and a laser, yes, is a direct energy weapon, but uh, so are uh, particle beams. And um, I don't know if she was getting the two mixed up because lasers can have light. Okay, a ruby laser has red light. An emerald laser has green light. Okay, um, they're not all invisible, and um, 
thankfully that's true because at least if you see it somewhere you know stay away from it um, now a direct uh, a particle beam is invisible and I looked at particle beams to see what they're all about okay and it says um, particle beam here and this is in Wikipedia so take it for that you know it says a um, a particle beam is a stream of charged or neutral particles so they're they're subatomic particles particles or atomic particles in particle accelerators these particles can move with a velocity close to the speed of light so what they're doing is they're packing up a whole bunch of uh, so, or atomic particles and then they fire them away and uh, man I wouldn't want to be in the receiving end of that I'll tell you okay and again it says um, a particle beam weapon is used uh, is uses a high energy beam of atomic and subatomic particles to damage the target by disrupting its atomic and or molecular structure ooh Boy, that'll give you a bellyache. Uh, another weapon that uh, they said was a do was a, a microwave uh, disruptor. And uh, that's that's even worse because that cooks you from the inside. There was a um, an instance that happened, I read about it years ago. It was in, um, I think it was in Fallujah or something in, in Iraq. The first time we went in Iraq. Um, and... Uh, yeah, what happened was there was a bunch of insurgents, and they were huddled in a bus. Uh, that was their <laughs> their unfortunate area that they chose to fight off the Marines or the army that was coming, American army. And um, so the Marines had a, um, a microwave, I, I believe it was a microwave disruptor, and they fired it at the bus. Well, everything in the bus caught on fire, and uh, so did the people. And I guess it was a really horrifying, uh, probably not for the Marines because they're used to death and stuff like that, but um, very horrifying things to the people that around them that saw that. Uh, I, I would not want to do that or see it. Okay. It's amazing what mankind can invent to kill other men, isn't it? It really is. It's uh, it's sad. <laughs> it's what it is. Um Okay, so we have a few more videos to look at. Now I would like to look at, uh, this is Fire Maui. I think what this is, okay, when, when um, ammonium nitrate clings to something and it burns, it, it produces an orange fire, um, a, a dark orange fire, okay, or appearance, I should say. And uh, the smoke uh, is also, I think, uh, no, I think it's gray and black. Um, but, uh, well, you'll see. Let's just watch this. And, uh, and you'll, when you, uh, if it's the video, I think it is. It's not very long. I'll cut it off. I just want to show you the color of the fire so that in the next video or somewhere down the line when we see them lighting up, or a mixing ammonium nitrate with something, it, it makes the same color, okay? Normally a fire, when it's burning, especially at night, is very bright. You know, it's, uh, you know, you can see the uh, the yellow and the flames licking up and everything else, but uh, in Hawaii, they were all orange, and, um, and there's probably an easy explanation for that, but I've seen fire a lot in my life, and I've never uh, seen so much orange 
in, in my life. So anyway, let's see. Let's go here. As we've been reporting that those fires on Maui are not 100% contained. High winds, dry air, it's all making the fire for firefighters battle especially tough. Bobby Lee knows exactly what they are up against right now. He's president of the Hawaii Firefighters Association. I just wanted to show you the color of the fire. You're going to notice there's also purple in there and potassium nitrate, um, which is another, could be another explosive uh, if it's used in a certain way. Um, burns when it burns it produces a um a purple lavender color and uh as we saw here let's watch it again okay i just want to make sure that we we're all dialed in together as we've been reporting that those fires on maui are not 100 percent contained high winds dry air it's all making the fire for firefighters battle especially tough bobby lee knows exactly what they are up against right now he's president of the hawaii firefighters association he's hey, in Honolulu. we're gonna have to leave bobby lee <laughs> but uh that sounds like a song from the south doesn't it i'm gonna leave bobby lee okay uh and you have like Loretta Lynn's, well, not anymore, but <clears throat> uh, a Loretta Lynn type singing it. Okay. Real quick, folks, I'm going to get rid of some of these that we've watched already. Okay, because uh, I don't want to show them again. And uh, I get, it's easy to get confused with all these uh, little thumbnails sitting up here. Okay, the next one we're going to look at. See, I got to try to remember this from yesterday. Um, oh, what's he talking about? Well, let's just watch it, okay? And if I see anything interesting, I'll take a note. We'll talk about it afterwards. Here we go. 60,000 pounds of explosive chemicals somehow just disappeared. They went poof. That's right. A rail car carrying 30 tons of ammonium nitrate is gone. Now, if that substance sounds remotely familiar to you, it's because it's the same stuff that notorious Timothy McVeigh used to blow up the Oklahoma City building in one of the largest domestic terrorist events in U.S. history. The difference, he used only 5,000 pounds of the stuff, and we're talking about 60,000 pounds of it. That's 12 times as much, and it's just missing. Now, the company that loaded up on the train and shipped it off to its destination was called Dino Noble. And as their name implies, they make Dino Might and other explosives. They make, they make lots of them. But when they were asked about the rail car showing up empty at its destination, a spokesperson for the company said that they suspect it was merely a leak and it occurred uh, along the way and it poses no threat, no threat whatsoever, not to the environment, not to anyone, not to the communities. You know, I'm not worried about the communities. I'm not worried about the environment. I'm worried about 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate, the same stuff that's used to make explosive devices. Now, I guess since the chemical is also used as fertilizer, everyone is just waiting for the grass along the rail line to green up from it so we can all just go back to sleep and pretend it never happened. But for me, I am more concerned about this than most. You see, folks, we've heard sound bites like this before, and no doubt the powers that be want to keep this one on the down low. So we're not going to see it on the front page of the Times. In fact, I could only find four news articles in total about it today, two days later. Now, why cause panic, right? That's the play. So here's why. 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate is unaccounted for. And that can make a lot of bombs. 
a lot of bombs. Just Google it. This stuff is powerful. What you're going to find is that ammonium nitrate forms all kinds of explosives when it's combined with other things like TNT, aluminum powder, or just plain old fuel oil. Yep, if you combine ammonium nitrate with that last one, fuel oil, it makes what they call ANFO. They even have a name for it. It's so simple, it's widely used as a bulk industrial explosive. And it's the same stuff that McVeigh used. So if you think that Oklahoma City in 1995 was an isolated incident, think again. Ammonium nitrate-based explosives were also used in the Sterling Hall bombing way back in 1970 in Madison, Wisconsin. It was also used in 2011 in Delhi, and again in Oslo, and then in 2013 in India, Hyderabad again. Now, in fact, the substance posed such a threat that the government of Pakistan has actually imposed a ban on it to prevent insurgents from using this cheap, easy-to-make, easy-to-use, easy-to-hide explosive. But what are we told? We're, We're told, don't worry about it. There's nothing to worry about. Some people at the rail line that did the shipping, Union Pacific, they also said that there's nothing to worry about. It was probably a leak, and the only thing we're going to see is, is green grass along the tracks. Yeah, because it's not their fault, right? Really. Come on, we're not dumb. They obviously don't understand mankind, man's nature. I'm talking about boys and their bombs. And if it's bad boys and bad men that get their hands on 60,000 pounds of explosive ingredient, well, I think bad things are going to happen. And besides that, I really don't trust the people feeding us these lines anymore. Think about it. This stuff was shipped last month. The report of it missing was filed on May 10th. And now, another week later, the public, we, are finally hearing about it. And it left the train station full, and it arrived empty. Somewhere along the way, somebody emptied it. It doesn't happen by accident. Something's going on. And it just might explain why one of my sources and other observers have counted well over 1,000 observation flights that have been circling the western states. They're looking for something in the past couple of weeks especially. Hmm. I wonder what it could be. It seems just a little bit early for deer season, don't you think? Sure enough. So tell me, what do you think's going on, Wolfpack? Am I overreacting here? Should we all just go back to sleep, trust everything's going to be okay? Or maybe you're a little suspicious too. So please, share your comments below. Make sure you subscribe and turn on your notification bell so you get other important updates. And hit that like button. But until next time, be ready, be strong, be alert, and keep on prepping. Sixty. Very informative. Very, very, very informative. I love that video. Um, yeah, I remember now. Right, right when I saw he, the first word that came out of his mouth, I figured I remember. But anyway... Um, yeah, where did all it go? Now, remember he mentioned that it's been strangely silent about this. Nobody's really talking about it. Maybe there might have been four or five mentions, and then it stopped, okay? Okay, so who stopped it? The press, right? So the press isn't, isn't reporting about it anymore. Who does the press lie in bed with? The government, especially the current government, Okay. So, what could they want it for? Well, they might want to use it to spread over Maui and other places to see um, that the fire burns a very thorough path through where it's got to go. I would also be interested to see if there was somebody that um, the government didn't like 
that lived in that area, okay? Or maybe a group of people. Maybe there was a small militia there, although in Hawaii, I sort of doubt it. Um, they're so liberal there that, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. But anyway, uh, yeah, so, hey, uh, my, my deduction is that the government hijacked it. Uh, they took off with it, and um, and they're using it. <laughs> they use it in Maui. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about another bomb pretty soon um, that probably will explode at a federal building or maybe at a mall or something because um, they want to get the, the sympathy of the people. Um, but if it does, and that's the case, then I bet you it's a bomb made out of ammonium nitrate. And I'll bet you they'll, they'll use some patsy that uh, they'll claim is very conservative and maybe a member of a militia or a Christian organization. And this is a prediction. This is going to happen. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then it's going to give them an excuse to, again, bring up about taking our guns away, about taking more freedoms away. Um, you name it. You just watch. It's going to happen fairly soon, actually. Let's see, that thing was hijacked the end of April. And I'd like to find out about the conductor, who they were the conductors that were driving the train. You know, I'd like to track them down and say, okay, uh, did you make any stops that were kind of unusual where you requested to stop at a certain station and maybe go out on the town for a day or so and then you could come back and resume your trip? Um, were you paid a lot of money to keep your mouth shut? Uh, you know, there, there's something fishy going on about that, and uh, hopefully it'll be found out soon. Uh, so, yeah, when, whenever something happens and it's that critical, that dire, and the press shuts up about it, they've been told by the government to shut up about it. So, anyway, it's, it's a ruse, and it's something, or maybe they're going to use it against the White Hats, uh, White Hat Army, when, when they feel the need to be, is... Uh, there's been some really horrific explosions. Back in 1947 in Texas City, Texas, there was a ship loaded with that stuff. And it started to smolder, and then um, I don't know how it did because it usually needs a fuel. Um, but the whole ship exploded. I mean, it killed dozens of people. Um, it destroyed part of the port. It was, it was an amazing explosion, actually. <laughs> um, McVeigh is another one. And, uh, well, in, in a couple of videos, the Feast of the Resistance, so to say, speak, I don't know if I said that right. I don't know French that well. All right, so, but let's look at what happens. Um, they said ammonia, or what I read before, ammonium nitrate in itself is not flammable. But when you add it to something, it becomes an oxidizer. In other words, it enables the fire to breathe. And when a fire has oxygen, it burns a lot better. If you don't believe it, get you a, a bottle of, uh, of oxygen and uh, start a, just a little fire, you know, maybe with uh, leaves or something like that or something that doesn't move, and uh, then turn that oxygen on it. You're going to see something that you never thought you'd expect. Um, speaking of oxidizers and fuel, I remember when we were in, um, when I was in uh, pipe fitting school, actually I was it was a combined class, plumbing and pipe fitting for the first two years, and it was the second year of that uh horrible time uh, I'm, I'm not really big on plumbers uh, being a pipe fitter and that's a long story 
that I'll probably never bring up. But anyway, uh, we had a, Paul Schultz was his name, and we had a, a teacher, um, and he filled up two balloons. And the first balloon had uh, oxygen in it, and so he, he, he threw it up in the air, or, you know, uh, let it go, and then he, he got uh, a torch and hit it, and, you know, it just went a little bang, and that was it. And then he uh, had one filled with acetylene, which is a gas, and he sent that up in the air, and he hit it with a torch, and, yeah, it, it made a pretty loud explosion, but not terrible. You didn't need earmuffs with it or anything, but... Um, and then he took a balloon and he put the oxygen, which is the oxidizer, and the fuel, which was the fuel, and um, all he needed was a spark. So he threw it up in the air again and he hit it with the torch. And he told us ahead of time, cover your ears with your hands. <laughs> and it was one hell of it. It sounded like a, uh, a 50 caliber machine gun going off in a, in a classroom. It was really amazing. Um, Anyway, so that just shows you when you have a fuel and an oxidizer and you have the spark, what will happen. Um, and so in Hawaii, the fuel was anything that the stuff landed on. The oxidizer was the um, was the ammonium nitrate. And the spark, we have to figure out where that came from. It could have been a direct energy weapon, such as a laser. Okay. All right, so let's look at ammonium nitrate burning, okay? When it's added, well, first of all, they try to burn it, nothing happens, it just kind of melts, and then they uh, add it to uh, some sawdust, and you'll see what happens, watch. Let's examine the behavior of ammonium nitrate alone when heat is applied. As we can see, it begins to melt. However, it does not burn. Even though substantial heat is applied, the ammonium nitrate merely melts. If the heat is sustained, the ammonium nitrate begins to fume as it decomposes, but still, it does not burn. Here, we see how a pile of plain sawdust behaves when the same gas flame is applied to it. The sawdust ignites quite readily and the whole combustion spreads quickly over the total surface of the pile. But just as quickly, the combustion appears to die down. Opening up the pile shows that the sawdust has burned mainly on the surface. This is because there's not enough oxygen to support combustion inside the centre of the pile. Once a fresh surface is opened up and exposed to air, the combustion begins again because more oxygen has become available. Next, the same experiment is tried again, but this time the pile contains a mixture of ammonium nitrate and sawdust. The mixture ignites rapidly and burns quite vigorously. This time, it is clear that the mixture is burning completely, 
even deep in the center of the pile. completely burned out because this time the oxygen necessary for combustion was provided by the ammonium nitrate contained in the mixture. Let's take this experiment a step further. The following experiment will show that ammonium nitrate can support combustion even in the absence of air. Again, the pile is a mixture of sawdust and ammonium nitrate. After ignition, it is covered with a funnel to exclude the air. The fumes we see contain oxides of nitrogen and other gases released by the burning mixture. It is important to note that these are toxic gases. examination, it is clear that the pile has burnt completely, again, even though oxygen was excluded. The ammonium nitrate has supplied the extra oxygen necessary for total combustion. Let's examine the behaviour of ammonium nitrate alone when heat is applied. Hey, don't you just hate it when those things loop like that? I mean, sometimes it's good if it's a real interesting video. Um, Remember, he said, he said that the, flame, that the fumes are toxic, okay? Okay, so the fumes are toxic and um, they're deadly, as we saw in Hawaii. Um, and also, if you notice that when they burned the sawdust alone, it was a yellow flame. Add the ammonium nitrate, it turned bright orange, okay? So all you got to do is go, well, we can't, I got rid of that video, but all you got to do is go back and look at something like that video. In Hawaii, lots of orange flame. Now people will say, okay, well, if there's a lot, you're looking through a lot of smoke. Well, yeah, I am, but still, yellow will show up through the smoke. I mean, I, it would have to be so much smoke that it almost obscured the fire to turn it a different color. So, And I know because we live in fire uh, country here in Oregon, and I've seen it burn. I've seen it burn behind the smoke and everything else. So anyway, um, without further ado, and I think it's an appropriate ending to this show. Um, I went in Beirut back in uh, what was it 2000 and something? Uh, 2000 it might have been. Um, there was a warehouse on the waterfront that uh, stored ammonium nitrate, and. Supposedly, next to that, there was a little area that stored fireworks. <laughs> you couldn't ask for a stupider thing to do. Um, anyway, this is what happens when you mix fireworks with ammonium nitrate, especially when ammonium nitrate is in like a, um, a very large container. It's compressed. Okay. All right.
I wish I could have found better. There are better videos of this, and you can look it up. But uh, this is pretty good. August 4th, a devastating explosion rocked Beirut, Lebanon. The blast killed more than 100 people and injured thousands. The explosion likely originated at a warehouse that stored thousands of tons of ammonium nitrate, a fertilizer chemical. Ammonium nitrate is a salt made from ammonium and nitric acid, and it's highly explosive. It can be made cheaply, and it's often used to increase the nitrogen content of fertilizers but it has a dangerous downside. It's an oxidizer, which means it removes electrons from other molecules. That means it makes more oxygen available for burning fuels. For this deadly reaction to occur, ammonium nitrate must come into contact with an open flame. In the Beirut explosion, the first spark may have come from fireworks stored nearby. With that spark, a chemical reaction caused ammonium nitrate to explode violently, decomposing into nitrous oxide gas and water vapor. The blast in Lebanon caused a shockwave to ripple across the city, leveling buildings and carving a crater into the earth. An orange mushroom cloud of toxic nitrogen dioxide gas erupted just after the initial blast. Ammonium nitrate has caused other deadly accidents before. In 1947, an explosion on a ship near the port of Texas City knocked people to the ground miles away. The accident ultimately killed 581 people. And the fertilizer has been used in terrorist attacks as well. In 1995, Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols packed ammonium nitrate fertilizer into trucks and bombed a federal building in Oklahoma City killing 186 people. Because of its danger and potential use by terrorists, access to ammonium nitrate is strictly regulated in most places, including the United States. Folks, the mother of all ammonium nitrate explosions. Keeping it next to fire. You saw, if you looked at the, the base of the the fire before it exploded, you could see a whole bunch of little sparks going off. Like the uh, the fireworks were, were exploding, and uh, so it must have caught the fireworks on on fire first, and then it went to the ammonium nitrate. Oh, I'm telling you. So, folks, anyway, uh, so what do we have here? So, um, I think there's a lot more behind the fires in Hawaii that uh, we're being told. I think that, uh, oh, by the way, yeah, I, I told you about the volcanic stuff underneath. Um, it is just a dormant volcano. There are both of them that are on there, um, on Maui, and uh, they are expected to uh, explode again someday. So that means magma is pretty close to the top. So if you have a let ma the ammonium nitrate coating everything and then there's just a little magma coming up from the ground because of tidal action from the bureau coming by see how it all works in a chain together uh, then you have a potential for one hell of a fire um, or if it was uh, the aluminum nitrate sprayed and uh, and a dew weapon from from outer space came down and uh, 
and just started a little fire somewhere. Man, it's all it would take. That's all it took in uh, in Paradise. They tried to blame it on PG, and they got they did it successfully. They sued PG&E, to, saying that their power line came down and started the fire in a little canyon there. And they got away with it. PG&E ended up paying billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It really is. Um, <clears throat> and then Santa Rosa, man, you can see the beam coming down that one helicopter shot. We've, we've shown that before on the show here. Um, yeah. <laughs> And it was it was coming down supposedly just randomly just take not randomly but um, aimed at taking off or taking out the different cars and houses and stuff like that. You know they they probably had a computer algorithm or something that figured if you hit this house then this is going to burn. You know, I, I, this doesn't surprise me. Nothing that this government does will surprise me anymore. Uh, that's why we need to get rid of this government and get a real American government back in there because if we don't then. Uh, bye-bye Miss American Pie so alright folks I'm going to go ahead and hit it um, I want to thank you this has been a wonderful show a wonderful time to have a show and um, I'm just glad it all came together so oh okay and like I always pray may Yahweh bless you and keep you let's just do both hands may he make his face to rise upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out and your coming in. You're rising up and you're lying down. May he give you the peace that passes all understanding. And may you prosper like never before through the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach. That is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. Okay. I'll see you on uh, Tuesday, if not sooner, folks. Okay. Yahweh bless you, and um, just um, work for him and live for him. And by the way, he's got everything in his hands. There's nothing to worry about, okay? Vaya con Dios, go with God. Good night or good afternoon, as the case may be, folks.